O'Neill, thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Hey, guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 469 now of the Ron and Don Show. And yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up with the Ron and Don Show is an NFL team franchise about to be for sale. Yeah, that never happens. Uh, this is interesting. Also, the greatest pizza in the world. Ron is back and he'll have a report. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. A lot of people talking about Airbnbs right now and the fact that, well, in a real estate market that was just chugging along, a lot of people went out and they bought vacation homes. They've turned those into Airbnbs, and now those Airbnbs are just sitting. Ron, is a, what is going on here with Airbnbs and vacation homes just sitting as uh, it seems like we're headed into a bit of a recession here. Maybe we're already in one. Well, I think people, and, and I, I don't want to seem like this is condescending because I, I do this sometimes with, with decisions. You make a decision uh, to do something like, like buy a second property. Mortgage rates are low. Maybe your friend, you see a, a friend or a neighbor or a coworker that did it. You you get caught up with their enthusiasm and you go, maybe, maybe we maybe we should try that. And so you go into it and you're focused on the shiny object of like the fun part, which is looking for the new house, looking for that vacation property. Maybe like the thing that springs to mind is we've had clients that want they want to go to Suncadia. So you go over there and you drive around, you look at the golf course and you look at all the amenities and it's it's fun. That part is fun. Finding, you know, tracking, it sort of feeds into our hunter-gatherer nature. Like you, you go out and you're going to acquire the prize and you really don't do what you always talk about, which is what are my exit strategies on this thing? So let's say that demand goes down. What am, how do I respond to that? And most people don't do that part of the planning at all. Uh, and then you get caught flat-footed like right now where you bought the place, Airbnb was humming along, money was cheap, and now maybe things have changed and you never thought about your exit strategy. You had one strategy. Strategy was this was fun to buy. I'm going to make lots of money. I wasn't anticipating any change, and so now I'm feeling the pain. Um, I think that describes most of it, and some of it is is location. You think that because I like this location means that there's going to be a lot of demand for this location, and that is not necessarily true. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you look at vacation properties, if you're going to be dependent on uh, money coming in to help pay for the mortgage on that vacation property, you have to be careful. Because a lot of times if you just have one, then you're po- probably paying somebody else to manage it. And if they're managing it, it's going to cost a lot of money to have them manage it versus you managing it. But what do you want to do or what are you going to do? Like, for instance, the other day at one of my rentals, uh, it's an Airbnb. And a woman was putting some of her toiletries in under the sink and she ended up doing something and breaking the sink and water went everywhere. And I'm in New Mexico at the time. And now we have a plumbing issue. Her toiletries are wrecked. She's upset. 
And, and so somehow I'm a couple thousand miles away and I have to get that fixed. So I know how to do that. Cause that's what I do. I had a, I had somebody over there within the hour and it was fixed and we were on our way and she was happy. But when you, when, and, and that's cause I manage multiple properties and I do that myself. If you're going to have somebody else manage the property for you, uh, it's fairly expensive to just manage one property. And the thing is you can always find somebody for a vacation rental. It just depends upon, uh, what are you willing to take? So if you were making, you know, $500 a night in an up market in the summer, you have to understand that that is not going to be, it could be as low as 99 bucks uh, sometime in the winter. So you really have to understand the numbers, the margins, how that works. Uh, and yeah, I think a lot of people went out, they bought a second home and they said, I'll just throw this up on Airbnb. Airbnb, you have to be on that dashboard every day. You have to run that as a business. The algorithm knows if you're on the dashboard and if you're running the business. And if you're not, you're not going to get the business. If you're not paying attention, then Airbnb, their platform, is not going to pay attention to you uh, either. So anyway, if you're going to get involved in that business, uh, give me a call because I know what I'm doing. I can teach you too. All right. Anyway, ronadonsitdown.com. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, I want to thank everybody that's stopped by Les Schwab over the past 10 years, and you've helped fight hunger. That's right. They're doing it again at Les Schwab. They have a big campaign going on, and we want you to be a part of it. Ron, it's brought to you by Aramark Food Lifeline, and they're teaming up with Les Schwab to help everyone out this holiday season, right? Yeah, it could not be easier to help folks in our own communities with food insecurity. You can do a, this a couple of ways. Number one is uh, when you're at the store, pick up some non-perishable food items, take them to your local Les Schwab. They will have a big box in the lobby. You can put the food in the box. Number two, if you're lazy like me and you don't feel like doing that, you can just pull in when it, when it comes to mind. Maybe you're listening to this podcast in the car and you see a Les Schwab up the road, pull into the parking lot and and just give them cash out the door. You don't even have to get out of the car. Number three, you can call them if you want to do it uh, over a credit card. All right. So if you're like, if you've been impacted by food insecurity in your life and you're doing a little bit better this time around, uh, why don't you help out with Food Lifeline and Les Schwab and Aramark? Yeah, there you go. My son and I go every year. We fill up a box and it's something that's great to do with your kids, you guys, because they understand then just how valuable uh, food is. And how fun it is, important it is to help people in the community. Les Schwab, they've been doing the right thing, and we get to partner with them since 1952. John and Lauren Greenland were longtime listeners of Ron and Don, so when they needed to sell, they called the guys and were immediately glad they did. It really helps to have somebody who knows the market, knows the process, understands construction, that can just point you in the right direction. So I really appreciated that about working with the team. The Greenlands say, unlike other realtors, Ron and Don were intimately engaged in every step of the process, not only advising them on where and where not to spend money to get the house ready, but they actually rolled up their sleeves and helped out on projects all over, even hauling stuff to the dump. We actually felt like we were their only customers because of all the attention that they paid to us. They were all in with us on this project, including on a Sunday night when we would have a question. They were there every step of the way. Still, the bottom line was the bottom line. When I said what I thought we could get, they were just kind of dead silent. Like, you can get a lot more than that. So we were thrilled. And they did, closing for far more than they could have imagined. 
and the Greenlands say they got way more than just a great price. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. We love them. So when it's your time to sell, get more for your door. Schedule your Ron and Don sit down today at ronanddon.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And this is kind of interesting. It seems like there may be... A football team for sale. The Washington uh, football team may be for sale here, Ron. And it looks like uh, Daniel Schneider may be either forced out of the NFL or forced to maybe sell part of his team to a woman or to someone. Think about this. How about an African-American human actually owning a piece of an NFL franchise, because that doesn't happen very much. It's mostly white guys owning a sport that a lot of black guys play. This has been a, a really interesting one to watch, because what you just talked about is selling a stake in the team. The stuff that I've been hearing about Dan Snyder in particular is that nobody in the D.C. area wants him. And so right now there is pressure for him to sell the entire team. This is the ultimate case of what you and I growing up, and I don't know if it's politically correct to say it anymore, it was, was short man's disease. A guy that was insecure, happened to be wealthy, like like had some businesses that made a lot of money, and got into this fraternity of 32 uh, other NFL owners and always had a chip on his shoulder, always, I mean, I think you know the, the archetype that I'm explaining here, and this became, his ownership of that team became his identity. And it turned out, you know, the other character traits that go along with, you know, the short man's disease is some narcissism, uh, sexism, misogyny, racism, wow. like I, all of these things. Not, I'm glad I'm over six foot. I, I, I do over, not want to cat. I do not want to catch I don't know, what, disease. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know another way to describe it. That's what we used to, the Napoleonic complex, maybe whatever you want to describe it as. And um, I so think if he was six foot five, he'd still be a jerk. Sure. Totally. Yeah. So he, his strategy has been, he said, Hey, I'm never going to change the name of this team. And he'd go out and spend a lot of money to find some native American somewhere. That's like, yeah, this is a badge of honor. And everybody else is eye rolling going, dude, change the name of the team. You can't call the team that anymore. We're never going to do that. And then FedEx, who was their big sponsor of the naming rights on the stadium went, if you don't change the name of the team, we're out. Okay, we're changing the name of the team. And then you wait a year. You Everybody loves Washington football team uh, and the throwback uniform. So then you change it to commanders, which the, short, the shortened version of that is commies in the Washington, D.C. So he, 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 every turn, he makes bad decisions. Commies. Then now he's like, I will never. I didn't even think of commies. Yeah, I will, <laughs> I will never sell this team. And That's so awesome. now he has hired the Bank of America, I believe the Bank of America, yeah. to, to uh, explore offers for the team. And I was listening to uh, Michael Wilbon, who lives in D.C., worked for the Washington Post, and he's like, hey, here's the deal. The three communities where you could build a stadium, because their old stadium is a piece of junk by today's NFL standards, the three communities, which is Virginia, Maryland, and the District of Columbia, all three of the powers that be there have made it extremely clear, we will not build you a stadium. Right. Period. And 
So it's like, it's not going to happen while you're at the helm of this team. There is no stadium deal for you. And so unless he wants to figure out a way to build his own stadium, which I think they actually did in Los Angeles, the ownership group itself funded the stadium. Uh, there's no municipal dollars behind that. But Daniel Snyder doesn't want to do that. So his strategy was, I'm going to go out and hire a private investigator to dig up dirt on all the other owners so that they won't pressure me to sell the team. And Jim Ursay, if you don't follow these things closely, Jim Ursay, who has so many closet or skeletons in his closet, he came out and he was supposed to be like, bring it, dude. Bring it. He's, he has had DUIs. He, Jim Ursay has all kinds well, of. He owns the Colts. Yeah, he owns the Colts. He has had all kinds of uh, uh, things happen that made page six. He's like, bring it. It's part of his brand. And, and so when Jim Ursay is telling you to bring it, yeah. like the writing is on the wall for Dan Snyder. And, and I hope that he is forced to sell uh, because now the prevailing theory is that he was actually the one that leaked those emails about uh, John Gruden who John Gruden's case is now working its way through the courts where he's going to make a tremendous amount of money from the NFL and a settlement. Uh, the, the theory is that it was Snyder trying to get the spotlight off of him and his behavior who threw the spotlight over onto Bruce Allen and to John Gruden. Yeah, and Bruce Allen and John Gruden, we used to work for them. We worked for the Raiders in 97 because Bruce Allen was running things with Amy Trask in the team and John Gruden was a – a new young head coach. In fact, uh, we did the John Gruden show every week and got to know him. Real quick, you, do you think we'll see him back on NFL sideline? I heard him interviewed. He said uh, a lot of those emails were taken out of context. I am not a racist. He said I go to church every week. Uh, I've been around black players all my life. And he said, you know, those were just some emails taken out of context. And he, he hopes uh, that he's given another chance do you think we'll see him on the sidelines in the in the nfl I think someday if snyder goes down and goes down hard and then all of the the whole trough of emails gets released to the public and you get smart reporters like uh what's his name king i don't remember his first name he's an nfl reporter you get guys like that sifting through these and writing you know a narrative it could be possible but if all that stuff stays sealed and the only thing that's public is the Gruden stuff, I find that very unlikely. Like, if, if the Raiders fire you, right? Like, who else is hiring you? <laughs> right. <laughs> the Jaguars? I'm not a, a racist because I go to church on Sunday. Oh, let's leave it there, I guess. Anyway. I just think it's really interesting. He's suing the NFL, and yet he wants back on an NFL sideline. So uh, and he has hundreds of millions of reasons to sue the NFL. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don Show. We sure do appreciate you. Uh, we will see you on the other side of this to talk about the world's best pizza. Ron thinks he found it. Hey, you guys, I'm sitting here with Mitch Weeks right now, one of the great sponsors of the Ron and Don Show. He is a mortgage broker, and you can find out more about him at Mitch.loans. Hey, a really cool time to be creative when it comes to being a buyer, and there's sellers right now that are stepping up and saying, let me help the buyer by doing something called a buy-down, right? 
Yeah, they are. And it's one of those things that's beneficial for both sides. Sellers give money up front for the buyers to buy down their rate and save money for the life of the loan. It's a really creative solution, really working for a lot of people. Yeah, there's also something called a 2-1. What's a 2-1? A 2-1 is where you get your rate bought down 2% for the first year, 1% for the second year, and then after that, you're home free in your current rate. But it's great savings up front, and then you have a chance to refi over the next two years. Yeah, good news, good time to be a buyer, good time for sellers to be creative and help that buyer. And Mitch, you can help everyone. Uh, how do people reach out? Go to Mitch.loans, set up a meeting, and let's figure out a creative solution for you. All right, before we get out of here, Ron just got back. He seems like he just went on this trip with his brother. Uh, were you guys eating pizza again? Is this we this... did our annual pizza trip? Okay, so just a little background because I know this is probably not something that very many people do. Um, and I'm I'm imagining there's a lot of people like this. You have a family member like my brother grew up with him. We have a lot in common. But we also have a lot that's not in common. And so, like, he lives out in the country. I live in the city. Uh, we're not eye-to-eye on, on all our politics and our experiences in life. And so one thing that he loves, that he's been a pizza fanatic his entire life. And Who is not a pizza fanatic? Like, he's hardcore pizza fat really you see him eat a piece of pizza in a way that the rest of us are not enjoying our pizza no but like he has leverage on us but like he studies pizza he like buys all the pizza cookbooks watches the pizza shows and so there are pizza rankings around america and around the world and so you can go out and so his what he likes to do for travel is to go to famous pizza cities that he hasn't been to and try these pizzerias that are ranked high. So you can go to the New York Times has a list. The Wall Street Journal has a list. USA Today has a list. Uh, there are tons of these lists out there that give you the best pizzerias in America. Shakey's Pizza has a list. I'd be very <laughs> careful with that list. Yes. If it's sponsored by Shakey's Pizza. And so we have done San Francisco, uh, where we did a pizza tour there. We've done Italy. Wow. Naples and Rome and, and uh, Cagliaccio, a couple of places there. And we have done, where else have we done? We've done a couple places in Seattle. You went to D.C., but we I went think you're to, eating, weren't you eating hot dogs we, there? We didn't do pizza in D.C., but we did, uh, God, where's Yale? We're doing chili in D.C.? It's Ben's Chili Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Yale is in, I'm um, blanking on this, the city where Yale's at. Uh, Providence. Is it Providence? We, we did uh, the city in Yale, uh, and that has three of the top ten pizzerias in America. And so we went, is it the old fact check me on Yale? Where is Yale located? Uh, and so that was a big one he wanted to go to so that he could get these t- three, which is uh, Frank Pepe's, Sally's, and Modern Pizza. Or New Haven. New Haven. Yeah. So in New Haven, Connecticut, for whatever reason, there's three of the top 10. It's almost on everybody's list. And wow. we went there, weren't that impressed, but we hadn't done New York yet. Okay. And so we went to New York. And we ate a tremendous amount of pizza. We did 15 different pizzerias over the course of about three days, three and a half days. That is a lot of pizza. And we hit, we did a pizza tour. We hit a bunch that are in the top 20. And it's just, that's what he likes to do. So I like went and uh, enjoyed doing it with him hanging so out with what, my brother. What, what, what was the takeaway? What was like the pizza of the trip? And then what was the uh, disappointment? Well, the the beauty of these, when you get into this type of pizza following, it's all good. 
No, it's not all good. It's it's about what you prefer. You learn what you prefer because it's it's there a lot of them are very similar. So I learned that I like a very specific like my favorite type of pizza is a Neapolitan Neapolitan Italian style uh with a very specific way the dough is made, etc. versus a New York style. So you just expose yourself to all this, start to learn. And when we had a professional pizza guide, uh, whose name is Scott Wiener, um, he can Scott break- Scott Wiener? Scott Wiener. That's weird. He is one of the the most foremost pizza experts in the world. You think he'd be a hot dog guy? No, he is a pizza guy. Hmm. Uh, and he explains it to you, and you're like, oh, okay, now I know what I like. And so I'd learned more about what I like. Okay. Thanks to Mr. Wiener. Thanks to Mr. Wiener. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for uh, stopping by on the Ron and Don Show. We appreciate it. If you need us, get signed up for the newsletter, ronanddonsitdown.com. If you want to sit down with us and talk about your real estate journey, uh, let's do it. Uh, you can just reach out to Ron. Yeah, Ron at ronanddon.com, or like Don said, this ronanddonsitdown.com. And let I'm telling you, I know I've been saying this like a broken record, between right now, and Don, we've done this every year we've been in business, between Thanksgiving and New Year's, if you've been on the sidelines thinking about buying, this is the best time of the year to buy. Ron we, and I are in the market right now trying to buy some houses together. Like, this is the time to buy, you guys. And uh, I just always remember we had a client a couple of years ago, single mom, uh, needed to find a place for her boys, and you uh, drove down to almost Tacoma, I think, on Thanksgiving Day. Thank God for me. And we... Uh, I was in the parking lot of a hamburger stand on my cell phone, writing up this contract and we got it done on Thanksgiving day. Cause nobody else was working that day. Uh, this is the time to buy. Yeah. Head up shoulders back. You guys run it on sit If you need us, we'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don show. All right. All right. I got to say your only the last two episodes have been kind of what no. you're off your game. Yeah. What's going on with the only on the Ron and Don radio network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron Don Radio Network.